Pero la asombrosa gracia y amor de Jesús es más fuerte que la vida y la muerte. Wo auch immer du bist, ruf seinen Namen an. Jesus. coming up shortly. I want to encourage you, if you've never done it before, to uh, take out your phone, take out your browser, wherever it is you do your interneting, uh, to just go and visit c3ak.com slash hello. Fill out a uh, visitor card. Just let us know you were with us 
in whatever form you were with us and just say hey so that we can say hey back because we like to say hey. Uh, if you are joining us from home, I would encourage your parents, uh, go, to the copy, uh, go to the computer with the, uh, the printer attached, uh, c3ak.com slash kidprint. You can print out the kids' activity sheets and uh, give them something to do um, when I get up later and start talking. For those of you in the room, we have absolutely no fun activities for you, so you will be stuck listening to me talking. Uh, and then I always want to say there's one more. Uh, do be sure to follow us on uh, the social media, all that, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter. Uh, wherever you do your, your social networking, we generally are doing social networking. So just make sure to connect with us so you can stay up to date on whatever the latest and greatest is. Uh, I think that's all I want to say other than welcome. I'm so glad you're here this morning. And uh, I guarantee if you're looking for it, God has something he wants to say to you this morning. Quick word of prayer, and uh, I'll let them do their thing. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this appointment you've set with each one of us this morning. I pray we would each, uh, whether we're here uh, physically or we're, we're watching over the internet, I pray we would each come uh, with expectant hearts, that we would each come in the belief, in the faith that you have something you want to say personally to each one of us, and that um, we would put aside distractions we would be diligent and wise to seek out and understand what it is you want to say to us this morning, that we, we receive that message, we would be faithful and obedient to act upon it and to emerge from this time transformed because of our interaction with you. Come now and accept our worship. Come now and accept our praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Give and take away, 
take away my heart will choose to say Lord blessed be your name blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your name Jesus blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your glorious name blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious Christ is my reward and all of my devotion. Now there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy. Through every trial, my soul will sing, no turning back. I've been set Everything I need is 
Hey. I told you, I, right up front, I told you we like to say hey. I might say hey nine more times just, just to really 
make the impact. Thank you. All right. Uh, for those who've been following along for the last 27 weeks, uh, we're in the book of Mark. We are up to the sixth chapter. Um, and this is where, like, good stuff... Okay, it's the Bible. Good stuff happens everywhere. But this is some good stuff this morning. So if you've got your Bible, I would encourage you to uh, open it up right now. If you've got a device with a Bible app on it, take it out, open it out right now. This is one of the few occasions where somebody in church is going to tell you, be on your phone. So do it now. If you're at home, um, God is telling me whether or not you're following along in the Bible. So no, you. All right. So picking up where we ended up uh, last week in the sixth chapter of Mark uh, and starting in verse seven. And he called the 12 and began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. All right. So what we've just seen here, this harkens back to um, something we covered several weeks ago in Mark chapter 3 where Jesus sort of lays out kind of his original uh, purpose. Here's what I'm going to do. And in uh, Mark chapter 3, in verse 14, it tells us, And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and, might, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. So he knew way back then he was looking for, um, he was looking for a select group. Uh, he had numerous followers, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Lots and lots of people following after Jesus. Lots of people wanted to see what Jesus is about. But he was looking for the right, to, kind of an experimental prototype group of what the followers of Jesus Christ were going to become. And he knew what it was he was going to send them out to do. And so he picks out the 12, and then he spends several weeks with them, sort of getting them ready. And so they finally reach a point where Jesus goes, all right, all right, hey, thanks. I think you guys are ready. You guys are ready for the big show, ready for the big game. I'm going to send you out to do what I've been training you to do. And it says he, he sent them out two by two. Now, there's nothing that, I mean, probably there's like, you could make like a Noah's Ark thing about it. He's sending them out, and I want to know, because nobody cares about this sort of thing, I want to know, what did that look like? Because I spent a lot of time around kids. And if you say, all right, I want you in groups of two, <laughs> chaos. Chaos. I'm not going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. You already did. And so I'm like, did he just say, all right, I want you in groups of two? And he let them work it out on his own? I think that would be lame. I think Jesus would have been so much cooler than that. I mean, in my mind, Jesus is going, all right, all right, all right. We've got Judas. No, not that one. Judas the Zealot. Judas the Zealot's claim to fame was he hated the Romans. Hated the Romans. The Zealots were a group in Jerusalem who hated the occupying Roman forces. And so their kind of thing was to like go around with daggers and kill them because they hated them. So that's Judas the Zealot, which already you got to wonder, how did, how did this guy make the final cut? But then over here, so Judas hates the Romans, hates anybody who works with Romans. And who do we have over here? Matthew, the tax collector for the Romans. And in my mind, boom. I don't know how Jesus paired anybody else up 
in my mind, Jesus totally put Judas the Zealot and Matthew the Roman tax collector together. And he was like, all right, you two are a team. No. No, 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 no. Judas, give it, give it, give it, give it. You're not going to need a dagger. You're not going to need that other dagger. No, the one in your boot. Give me that one too. And so it's like a movie scene where Judas is just, I mean, he's pulling daggers out of He's pulling a dagger out of his hair, and he's just making a pile. And he's like, <sighs> because otherwise, you know, he's like, all right, get in groups of two. And they're running around, and they're like, oh, you already got a partner. And oh, yeah, oh Judas, the other one. Oh, I'm going to be with that guy. And so Jesus paired him up. I think he probably broke up the brother groups. He's like, find somebody new to work with. You guys have been working together for a long time. So he pairs him up, and he sends him out. And he tells him, all right, everything, I've been t- everything you've guys seen me do, everything we've talked about, everything I've shared with you, everything we've been through for the last several months together, I want you to go do all that on your own without me. And when you go, I want you, don't take any bread with you. Don't take any money with you. Don't take a bag with you. Don't even take two coats. You can have like, you know, your one cloaky, tunicky thing you're wearing, and you can have some shoes, and you can have a walking stick, and that's it. That's all you get. I mean, Jesus was producing Survivor, is what Jesus was doing. And so he's like, that's all you get. Go out on your own. Do what you saw me do. And I'm pretty sure he probably staged him. He's like, all right, an hour, next team, go. Don't go in the same direction. And so the thing is, we're like, well, why couldn't they, why couldn't they have the stuff? Because Jesus is making a point, and the point was not just for them, but the point is for us now, is that we as human beings in God's kingdom have a tendency to want to fall back and rely on our own means, on our own resources. If you've ever had a moment where, where somebody was suggesting, you know what, maybe God wants you to do, or you yourself felt like God was talking to you saying, I want you to go do this thing, and if you automatically responded with, I can't because I don't, and then we see it all the way back to Moses. Moses, go and speak to Pharaoh and release my people. I don't talk good. Me don't talk not good. And I think he probably did that on purpose like that because he was trying to pull one over on God. And, and God said, you don't have to talk good. I'll tell you what to say. And so there's a reliance. You know, um, God, maybe, maybe we're talking about, I hate to do it, maybe we're talking about money. And we're talking about, you know what, have a conversation with God. You should, on a regular basis, offer up financially whatever it is God indicates to you you should give. And so maybe we get this funny little thing, like a number pops up in the back of our head, and we automatically go, I can't, I can't afford that. No. No, you can't. God can. If God is calling you to do something, he knows what that requires. He knows what you need in order to be successful in that. And if God calls you to do something, he is going to provide the resources you need to accomplish that. I mean, way back a long time ago, like 100 years ago, we used to have this thing right about now where we would send children off to the far side of the church to rooms over here about this time every Sunday morning. And they would, they would interact with other children and with the saints of the kingdom of heaven adults who chose to go and be with them and to teach to them the words of the Bible. And a lot of times we had far more kids than we did adults. And we would say, you know what, we really need more adults. And the adults, ooh, I can't because I... If we said we need more adults and you even got like a little tickle in the back of your head going, maybe I should go, God is not going to send you to go do something he is not going to equip you to do. And so he wants to make that fundamentally clear right out of the gate with the first prototype group. I don't want you relying on yourself. I don't want you to rely on your own resources. I don't want you to rely on what you have with you. I don't want you to rely on what you think or what your opinion is. I don't want you to rely on what you have in your pockets. I want you to go out with nothing except my command and do what I've told you to do, and I will provide for you along the way. 
He said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. Which is, okay, I want you, when you enter a house, stay in the house until you leave the house. It's a a good plan you got there, Jesus. Um, And if any, okay, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart. And here's the thing, Jesus is like, you're going to go out there and, and you're going to share my message. You're going to share the gospel. You're going to share the good news of the kingdom of heaven. And folks, let's, let, just because periodically we need to refresh, when we talk about the gospel, we are not solely talking about Jesus dying on the cross because Jesus is not dead on the cross yet. And so he was telling them, go out and share the good news that the kingdom of God is right here. God is here with you now. God is watching over you. God is caring for you. God is providing for you. And you will be the example of that because you're out there in the middle of nowhere on your own with nothing. And you will rely on nothing except what God provides. And that provision will come from those people who hear the message of the good news. The people who hear the message of the kingdom. The people who hear the message of repentance and accept that. The people who say, oh my God, you have, you have shared with me the good news of God's kingdom, and, and I understand it now. I understand the goodness of God, and I understand his provision, and I understand what he has, and I want to give back. So come, stay in my house. Come, eat of my food. Oh, you've worn out your tunic. Let me get you a new one. And at no point in time, after the fact, do we get any impression that any of these 12 men that God sent out came back in a really bad shape. Like, you know, they're, if I said Ben Gunn on Treasure Island, does that do anything for anybody? It's, it's, you used to have these things called books. Never mind. All right, moving on. We don't get any idea that, that any of these 12 men came back in bad shape and they were like, Drew said God was going to take care of me, and wherever you are in life, whatever God is calling you to, whatever God is sharing with you, whatever circumstance you're in, God is in with you, and God will provide. And the only thing we need to accept is God's provision might not look like my idea of God's provision. This, I told you last week, I said, I like when we get, um, when we get to just, just preaching the word. We're just going to look at the word, and what does the word say, and what does the word mean? And periodically when you do that, you find something, and you see something, and you're like, how, how did I never see that before? He says to them, you're going to stay there until you leave there. Uh, and I, I think the impression was, you know, you might go to a town, and you might have to stay in that town three or four or five days, and when you do... Uh, whoever invites you in, that's going to kind of be your headquarters, and they're going to take care of you until it's time for you to move on. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. All right. Lots of times we just pass over that because we're like, dude, that's weird. Because somehow, if this was part of a culture that it's not mine and I don't understand, automatically it's weird. What would happen is, back in this day, uh, according to rabbis writing at the time and later, um, Jewish men were very, very particular about not defiling themselves or making themselves unclean or unholy. And we particularly get that when um, Jesus and his guys go up north go to the northern part of Israel, and they're coming back, and every other Jewish rabbi group on the planet would take this huge detour around Samaria because they were darned if they were going to go through that place. And Jesus is like, "Um, guys, I know a shortcut. And so the, the, the observant Jews would totally like skip Samaria because just passing through an, a Gentile nation like that would make them unclean. And so the idea was, if you as a Jew had passed through a place that was unclean, I mean, you were so intent about making yourself clean again that you would, I mean, you'd like get to the border and you'd be like, 
and you shake off your shoes because you didn't even want the dust on the bottom of your shoes coming with you. And so it was a sign. It was a sign of, I have deemed this place unclean. And so Jesus says, if you go to a town and you're sharing the good news of the kingdom and you are on mission for me and this place is just not accepting you at all and you're like, dude, we're not going to get anything done here. I think we should just move on. He's like, cool. No, I get it. Go ahead and move on. God will let you know if this is a place for you or not. But when you do move on, shake the dust off your feet because those in the village would understand what that message was. You have just told them your entire little town here is unclean and is, is bereft of the presence of God. And you are now just as surely under the judgment of God as those Gentile nations you would have nothing to do with. And they would get that. And where I have to explain this to you, and I have to take like 15 minutes because I'm going to explain a whole lot more, in their day and time, as these guys were out of town, if they had stopped at the edge of town and shaken off their shoes, the entire town would have been like, <gasps> he did not. No, well, yes, he did. See, here's the cool thing. Here's the thing I got, the thing I never saw before is, before Jesus sends them out, Jesus has had this group of guys with him for months. And in that time, between, between where we saw in chapter 3, where he kind of picked out, you know, that first 12, and where we get to here in chapter 6, about three chapters, Jesus has, has taken these guys and he has gone with, they, they, they have experienced him teaching. They have seen how he teached. They have seen how he uses the parables. And he has explained how parables are used. They have seen Jesus do physical healings. They have seen Jesus deal with unclean spirits. They have been exposed to and kind of trained in everything Jesus expected them to go do. But Jesus doesn't send them out until after he visits his hometown in Nazareth. And I think, and I, I, and I could be, you know, it could just be me. I think that visit to Nazareth was Jesus' final stage in training them. Because I think the visit to Nazareth, the visit to Nazareth was Jesus' training his disciples in failure. And this could just be me because I have a hard time with this because you can do everything right. You can have a vision that God sort of gave to you and indicated, here's what I want you to do and here's what it's going to look like and go and do it. And you can go and do and you can be faithful and you can... Just everything that you thought Jesus wanted you to do, and the thing can be a giant failure. Jesus took his guys back to his hometown. I mean, home field advantage, and Jesus failed. And I think Jesus wanted them to see that. And I think Jesus wants us to see that is sometimes you can do everything right in the kingdom of God and still be met with what by your eyes and the world's eyes looks like failure. And I think Jesus wanted them to see that because if Jesus had come to his hometown and had been the rock star we, you would think he would be and he had done everything right and he had healed everybody and he had taught everybody and everything was just like everywhere else Jesus did. When these guys went out on their own, there was bound to come a point when they weren't received like Jesus and they would fail and they would have no idea what to do with that. They would have been left in a place where they failed and it would have been... what. Did, what did we do? Where did we go wrong? How did we not get this right? Did, has God turned against us? Have we done something to offend God? No, no, remember? Jesus in his hometown. They didn't accept him any more than this village just accepted us. Sometimes you can do everything right and still not have it work out the way you thought it was going to.
That doesn't mean you're a failure. That doesn't mean you've been rejected by God. That doesn't mean you're disfavored. That just means for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe God wanted it that way. Maybe God had something to teach somebody in that. Maybe it was the enemy who just had his day at your expense. But sometimes things don't go the way we thought, and we get up and we move on in the strength of Jesus Christ, knowing, okay, I don't know what that was about, but God didn't tell me to stop, so I'm going to move on to the next thing. I'm going to keep being faithful. I'm going to keep doing what God called me to do. And if, if this time it failed, and if next time it fails, and if the next time it fails, and, and I'm going only by my own definition of failure, because I don't know what failure looks like in God's kingdom. I don't know what failure looks like in God's eyes. But what I do know is no matter how it ends up, I'm going to keep being faithful. And I'm going to keep doing what God called me to do. God calls us to be faithful and obedient. He does not call us to outcomes. If you have done what God called you to do, what happens as a result of that is his department, not yours. And so finally, they went out and they proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. They went out as Jesus sent them. They went out with the message and the mission that Jesus gave them. And even if they ran into problems and they ran into days where it just didn't look right, we don't have a record of that. We have a record of they went out and they did what Jesus said to do and they were exceedingly successful. And here's the last thing. Here's the last thing I want to throw at you. And it's something we all need to understand. We each need to understand for our own lives is Jesus has followers And Jesus has disciples. At this time, at this time right here, when Jesus sent them out, Jesus has followers. People are following him everywhere. In like the not too distant future after this moment, there are going to be so many people, they're going to like run out of lunch. But see, what is a follower? If you were to look at the dictionary definition, because... Oddly enough, words mean things. A follower is one who follows. Jesus had lots of people who were following, lots of people trailing after him. But at the same time, we know later from the Gospels that many of those followers, when things start getting rough, those followers start to fall away. Those followers start to reject the Jesus. Those followers start to move on to something else. Because a lot of these followers were people who were showing up to see the show and looking for the free lunch. And when there was no show, or the show turned bad, and the free lunch dried up, they were gone. And I think Jesus still has a lot of followers just like that today. We want to see the big show. We want to put... We want to put the quarter inside the giant Jesus slot machine and pull the arm and get the three cherries every time and pour out what I need, pour out what I want. Gimme, 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 gimme. But when it's our turn to give back, mm, I'm moving on. I got, I got stuff to do. Or, um, yeah, that, what you want me to give back, I don't, I don't really have that. Sorry. But conversely, Jesus has disciples. And if you read the dictionary definition of disciple, you would find a disciple is one who learns from somebody to do what that person does in the way that person does it, moves on, and in their own ability, begins to do what that person taught them to do the way that person did, uh, taught them to do it and grows to the point where they then begin to teach others 
to do the things that original source person did the way that original source person did them. Jesus' intention is that we should not be followers, we should be disciples. We should come to him and go, Jesus, I look at your life, I look at your death, I look at your life, and I want that. And I, I, don't, just, I don't just not want to go to hell, I want to live the life of Jesus Christ. Teach me how to do it. Teach me how. Teach me what you did. Teach me how you did it. Where did you get the power? Where did you get the understanding? Teach me how to pray like you prayed. Teach me how to fast like you fasted. Teach me how to heal. Teach me how to teach. Teach me how to interact with people. Teach me how to think right. Teach me how to speak right. Teach me how to act right. Teach me to be like you. And then I am going to go out and I'm going to do those things and I am going to begin to teach other people to do the same thing. And that's what Jesus wants for his church today. He wants a church full of disciples, not a church full of followers. Because right now, the world needs disciples, not followers. And even if I said this, even as I was saying this, some of you thought, I can't do that because. Refer to point number one. Point number two, because point number one was making fun of how they got paired up. If Jesus has called you to be a disciple, he is going to provide what you need to be a disciple. If nothing else, that is what I want you to take away this morning. If you are here this morning, if you are there this morning, if Jesus is calling you into his kingdom, if Jesus is calling you to be his disciple, be a disciple. And be faithful and be obedient and trust that whatever you need to be that disciple, God will provide. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we can come and gather here this morning. We thank you for the message that you have conveyed to us. And it may have been a message uh, from anywhere. It could have been through the praise worship. It could have been through uh, the message. It could have been through something a friend or a family member said. It could have been a, an, an offhand comment that maybe even the speaker didn't think much about. But in retrospect, we look at and go, that is exactly what I needed to hear this morning. I pray, Father, you would help us to be diligent and wise in thinking about what you shared with us and that we would know because we know we know when we heard from you we know if we heard something that impacted with the power of the kingdom and that regardless of how we might want to want to brush it away we want might want to ignore it we might, might want to make it mean something else we know when we've been spoken to you by you and i just pray you would help us to respond and to respond as disciples and not as followers. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May you live each and every day as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, doing what he did in the way he did it, and teaching others to do the same. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Y'all are quiet this morning. Am <laughs> I doing okay? A little, little weary, that's true. That's good stuff. That's, that was awesome. All right, so I'll invite you to stand with us for this final song. How about that? Shake out the cobwebs a little bit. Reflect on the words you've heard. Lift your voices. And then we'll have a couple of announcements before we skate out of here today.
I can't just strain it from the way my heart no longer keep from singing all that is within me Christ for you alone be glorified and you will God with us my heart sings a brand new song the dead is paid his chains are Don't deserve your glory Still you show A love we cannot afford I can just strain it from the message that he gives us really in the word, the salvation that he offers us when we receive it. He is with you persistently, permanently at all times, in all circumstances, in every breath, in every moment, no matter how we may feel about it. He's with us. All right. So a couple of announcements for you. Uh, I just want to say again, as always, thank you to those who join us. Uh, virtually this morning through our live stream and will join us again later this week and we still have some views racking up throughout the week as people are working around their schedules and I love that uh, as we're trying to figure out how life works in the current circumstance which changes day by day right and uh, and that's all right I want to say uh, thanks to the tech crew back there to Tobin and to Jeremy and to Sam uh, Jan over here on the chat uh, each week you guys are such a blessing to us and uh, help us to get this thing off the ground each week with all the technical issues that seem to show up week after week. With that being said, some good news is it looks like that Jeremy is going to get to go back to work and fly airplanes soon, which is incredible. Uh, that makes me super, super happy and also scares me to death. 
because since we moved into this space with the live streaming, Jeremy has been the live stream production guy back there and he knows the ins and outs. And we have asked for help, a couple of other people who could rotate in on some weeks and run that uh, machine back there. It's not super complicated and most of the problems that come up, I can help you solve, but we need, we need more help. He's gonna get uh, scheduled to work on some Sundays, no doubt. Uh, and then, you know, he might even wanna take a break once in a while. But they have been so faithful and so good to us, uh, Naya, as well, here on the worship team each week. So uh, if that's you, if you would like to learn how to do that and help us to accomplish that each Sunday, let me know. Come speak to me this morning. Shoot me an email. Um, I think we're good for another week, and then we might start getting sketchy after that. So, uh, yeah, Brian will do it while he plays the piano. It'll be perfect. Um, but uh, really, anyone, anyone could jump in and help us out. We'll show you what to do. All the stuff is there. Anybody out there in live streaming land, if you want to come and join us here, or maybe if you have a friend who's been looking for a place to plug in and uh, have something to do or to serve in the church, or they just have those kinds of skills, and you're like, this might be the opportunity to get them connected with some pretty okay people to hang out with, um, then send them our way, all right? Does that sound okay? All right, so help us out with that. Pray for that, because that's going to be a big need for us. Um, Sam's been jumping in here on the soundboard for the last several weeks as Russ Panther was able to go back to work on the slope. Haven't heard from him when he's going to be able to come back. So we always need more people to help us kind of share this responsibility back here. It's a big deal and it's a big thing for us. So uh, we'd love to have more folks come along and join us with that. All right. So think about that. If that's you, let me know. If it's a friend of yours, send them towards me. And with that, guys, uh, don't forget Claire House. I think the sign up is on the list out there. Yep. On the board, so Claire House, that is coming up week after this? About three weeks. About three weeks. I don't even know what day it is right now. First Friday of August will be our next meal. So if you can help bring food or donate towards food uh, purchase, that would be fantastic. Put your name on that list out there. Uh, guys, uh, thank you for your faithfulness and giving. God's been good to us. Uh, uh, don't, uh, don't let up. Just be faithful. That's all we ever ask. Be faithful what God leads you to do. And uh, we'll have actually, uh, I'll be sending out a newsletter probably this week with our latest finance update. And you'll see just how God's been moving and working and providing for us. And it's good, good stuff, all right? Don't forget about the camp, Laverne Griffin. They're actually kicking off youth camp today. They're going to be able to have youth camp this week and kids camp next week, God willing. And uh, they're very excited. They have gone over and beyond and above to, to meet the mandates and recommendations for the circumstance that we're in to try and uh, keep everybody safe, and I'm super proud of them. Um, <laughs> I won't keep you long. I'll just tell you. You know, this whole summer has been one thing after another at the camp, right? Well, the other thing that was this last week was a, apparently a bat infestation in uh, one of the buildings there on the campus. And um, they're federally protected. And right now they have babies hanging on them, so you can't do anything with them. You have to wait until the babies can fly. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> It's, it's like, what else can happen out here? The, uh, please pray for the Canups, especially, and for their folks. Um, Tyler's dad uh, was nearly killed this last week in a riptide accident down on the coast of uh, North Carolina, I believe it was. Um, was miraculously saved, but has some uh, damage in his neck, a crushed uh, disc that he's going to see the doctor tomorrow, but uh, uh, nearly, uh, nearly was lost. Uh, he and uh, Tyler's uh, sister, who's expecting she was rescued by his brother um, at the last moment, and then his brother went back out to rescue Keith. <laughs> Sorry. And he got up to him, and, and uh, Keith, Tyler's dad, said, son, you got to go back. Because he could see that he was exhausted. He said, you have to go back. We can't both die out here. You have to go back. And so he did. He left his dad out there. And some other man, an angel on a float tube, came by or a boogie board and grabbed him and dragged him back into the shore. He was unconscious, and they thought he'd broken his neck. But uh, thank the Lord that uh, the MRIs and x-rays came back with nothing broken. Uh, they don't believe any permanent damage to his spinal cord, but he's in a lot of pain and having a lot of difficulty, and we're hoping for some answers from the doctors tomorrow. So you can imagine with all of the things that have happened at the camp and then to have that happen and be so far away and and all those unknown things. They are carrying a heavy, heavy burden out there, but they are bound and determined that God will be glorified this week with some students coming to camp. And uh, 
Josh Mangum's dad, Josh used to be here with us, uh, Kevin and his wife uh, were out at the camp and then they stayed, They've, they're staying through the next two camps. They've been here for about four weeks now. They had come for youth camp two weeks ago. And they said, you know, we're just gonna stay until we can have camp. And that's an incredible blessing as well. So just pray for those guys, uh, lift them up. And if you can help the camp financially, you can give through the church here, just designate it towards Laverne Griffin, or you can go on the Laverne Griffin campsite and donate there. But uh, I'm really praying that God will do some great things this week. <laughs> Doggone it. I love you guys. Have a great week.